Welcome to today's edition of the Leader to Leader podcast. I'm your host, Susan Spears, President and CEO of the Fredericksburg Regional Chamber of Commerce. Our guest today is Paul Giambra. He is the President and CEO of Quarles Petroleum, located here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is sort of the Northern Virginia part of the state. Paul, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Susan. I'm happy to have you here today. It's great to see you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me share a little bit about your background. Uh, Paul has an accounting background, uh, first beginning at the University of Akron, where he got his BS in accounting. Um, he, He got his MBA at the Salisbury University in the Purdue School of Business. Then he went to Purdue Purdue Farms, where he was the controller in the food service division. He did that for about 15 years before coming ultimately here, going kind of across the country here um, to Virginia and becoming the chief financial officer at Quarles, where he's actually, um, he's been a a member of the Quarles uh, team for about 20 years now, and he's been the president and CEO for the last seven years. Oh, that's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great. I want to hear about that journey. So I've just given the high level description, but uh, tell us about that leadership journey and what that's been like for you. Well, you know, what I always say is it always starts with some foundational items and, you know, it started fairly young for me when uh, uh, I was growing up and my parents always had a philosophy of um, you have to work for what you want. They'd always give us what we need, but if there's anything you want, you had to work for it. And uh, from a young age, we had the local paper routes and worked at the local convenience stores and sort of had to pay our way on anything we wanted to do or spend money on. And uh, it creates that that, uh, foundation of working hard to get what you want. Um, And then after that, you know, uh, you mentioned it already, going to school, uh, getting an accounting degree. Um, I'm an analytical and a data junkie, so it fits well. And the career really fits my personality. Um, and having the opportunity to work in the, uh, the information side of business and being an analytical is a great fit. Do what you love. Um, so uh, that was really the start and the foundational items. Uh, but, you know, there's other parts of my uh, time and career uh, that were important. You know, get out of school, get that first job, get started, uh, and do those things that sort of build on the, your future growth and success. Yeah, listening to that, I'm kind of envisioning envisioning you throwing the newspapers and, you know, all of that that stuff growing up. Did you ever think back then as you were, you know, kind of starting your journey that I'm going to be a president and CEO of a a pretty big company one day? Uh, No, no, I never had that vision of myself (laughs) and uh, thought it would lead to that. But, um, you know, it's sort of it's it's stepping stones. Um, You you take those uh, stepping stones through your career. You learn to take more responsibility and they give you more responsibility and you build up to that capability. And uh, and I I'm sort of surprised I, you know, achieved what I did. Yeah, because um, really a chief financial officer role is certainly quite different than a president and CEO role. What made that happen? Like like how did you fall into do you fall into that? That's a pretty significant change. Uh, yeah, that was that was interesting for me. Um, you know, I always say it was so much easier being the chief financial officer than being CEO. You could always provide your opinions and thoughts on what we should do, but somebody else held that ultimate responsibility for the organization. 
So um, uh, it's a lot harder uh, when you take that step and you have to bear the weight of the decisions of the organization. Um, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't know or think I was going to be the person to be able to do that. But having worked for the Quarles family mm-hmm. for 10 years, and when Ben decided to retire, I was sort of surprised when he asked me to step up into that role and do that position. Well, so that's uh, Ben Wafel that you're referencing. Um, those of us that are local listeners, a lot of people may know him. I certainly do. When I first came to work here at the Chamber of Commerce in 2004, um, in the fall, that next spring, 2005, he was the chair of the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got to know him really well. Um, super, super great guy. And then, of course, I got to know you. I was lucky to know you um, because you were also involved um, and still are with our Chamber of Commerce. Um, for our listeners, um, Paul gave us his service on our board of directors for some time. Um, he's still a member of our transportation committee. We could probably talk about that for about three hours, right? right? Because of what you do and the need here in our area. Um, also helped us with the finance committee. And um, I certainly always enjoyed his voice around the table. Uh, You can't tell because he's being quite vocal here, but he's a quiet person. I think we did a personality test and your introversion um, number was pretty high. But now you have to communicate to a lot of people. So how is that for you? Well, I think that's one of the hardest things uh, for me is uh, being the leader of an organization when you're more of an introvert, mm-hmm. how to step up into that role and perform that because the position requires you to do something different than maybe your natural right. uh, feeling. So uh, that's something I've had to work on through my career and make it a development item for myself. Um, you know, I pushed myself to go to Toastmasters and okay. learn how to get up in front of the group and be better and more comfortable because it's an important part of the job. Yeah, so so I bet you, that how was like that first Toastmasters meeting? I mean, was it like pulling teeth? How did that feel for you? Well, that, that, was, that was, like I said, it was hard, but it's the ability for uh-huh. somebody to uh, push themselves yeah. to get better at the things you need to, right. to uh, round out your game, right? A lot of us like to focus on our strengths, mm-hmm. and sometimes we have to work on our weaknesses too and cover some of those bases we're not as natural at. All right, so it does tell me a little about you. It gives me some insights here because, you know, if a leader is more egocentric, I think, they don't even use that word, weakness. All, you know, it's I've, I've got it all going on. So for you to be um, so self-aware to say this is an area of growth and opportunity for me and then to find ways to do it, you know, um, that, that's, that's a great sign of your leadership. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the hard things I think people have to uh, work through in their time is um, how to get better at uh, the whole game and play all parts um, and round out your background and experience. Um, you know, and, and uh, one of the things I found and uh, used to be part of your chamber program was uh, Greg Hebert mm-hmm. was my first coach when I became CEO. I used right, to coach. Right. And, uh, you know, it was helpful to have somebody come in and talk to you about the areas uh, that you needed to develop and work on instead of just focusing down on what you were already good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, uh, coaching is just so, so good because it, it, it asks powerful questions that give you an opportunity to explore the answers yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like that was, that was a great benefit to you. 
Um, how would you say your style um, evolved or changed after you kind of went through that? Um, I, uh, I, I think it helped a lot because, like I said, it, it helped push on things that weren't as natural that are required as you get into the CEO role and what people expect out of the role mm-hmm. versus what your natural abilities are. And, mm-hmm. and that was something that I had to work on, as, as you mentioned. You know, I am an introvert, and to play that out front role is a little more challenging for me than it is for you. I always see how natural you are and how well you do at that, and it's, it's more of an a item I work on. Yeah, but you've, like, again, to your point, um, you've been there with me in some of those finance meetings. My favorite. (laughs) But um, I, I, like you, um, I went and learned it, too, and uh, even did about six months of running payroll here. And I did that on purpose. Ah. You know, I did that to say, I used to joke and say, you know, this is a small nonprofit for our listeners. Our chamber only has about eight employees and um, although we, we service about, uh, any, at any given time, between 800 and 1,000 members, which is about 30,000 to 40,000 employees around our region. Um, so, so, but in, internally, we're small. And I used to say, I've done everything there except run payroll. <laughs> so now I've done that, too. Not good at it. I mean, Paul, I had a list, like a 10-page, you know, instructions that I would add to every time and I would go through them because it's not natural, you know, not the strength, but um, found out I could do it if it needed to be done. And it's still there in case it, it, you know, it's still locked up in my drawer in case I ever need to do it again. Let's, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Let's, let's stick with the strengths. Um, Talking about Quirrell's, it's a big company. Share, share with us a little bit about it. And um, what is the role of, of really growing that culture for you with the business? Um, you know, that's one of the things that re- we really worked on was uh, being deliberate about our culture. Um, and, and I would put our culture as, um, in my role in the culture, as being the coach. Okay. You know, it's all about um, uh, helping the team be successful. So I'll call it the Bill Pelichek model, right? Oh, um, Bill Belichick, is that what you said? That's right. That's right. You <laughs> know it. that that uh, you you've got to you've got to set the strategy and the play. Then the players have to go out and execute really well against that play yeah. for the organization to be successful. So we focus on trying to provide a work environment that helps our associates be successful. Nice. You know, I don't I don't do any of the work. Uh, you know, you're in a leadership role. You're not doing the day to day. But how do we support our frontline customer? Uh, customer service associates, our dispatchers, our drivers, technician, being able to get their jobs done successfully every day so the organization can be successful. There's a lot there. And it, it sort of never ends. You know, you really you think, okay, we've, we've done it now. Nope, you got to keep, keep going, right? Yeah. And communication is just so important. Have you learned new, new styles, particularly in the last the last year and a half, as we as we're talking today, it's December of 2021, and so we've had to learn a lot of ways to reach out and communicate with people in the last year and a half that maybe we didn't before. How has that changed for you? Uh, that, that's been probably one of the more difficult things for us. Uh, when you're focused on developing a culture and and it's about people being immersed in the culture yeah. and being in your organization, uh, when we when uh, COVID hit and we went to a remote work. It, it really made things difficult for the people who were with our organization a long time. It was a lot easier because they were already part of our culture and we knew each other. 
But I think about how hard it is for new people who join our organization. They come in and they're working remotely and they have a very light touch with us. And it's really hurt us uh, from bringing them in and being part of the organization. Mm -hmm. And we've had to reach out a lot more and try to figure out ways to better communicate and uh, bring them into the organization, even though they're remote. Yeah, that has to be difficult. Um, any great tips or anything anything you'd want to share about how someone could go about that? Um, well, that, uh, like I said, that's probably been the one of the most challenging <laughs> things for us is yeah. uh, how to do that through a Zoom call. Right, you know, right. the, what we find is a lot of those events when we're remote, we're, we're so quick to get on on time and then click and get off and you don't have that informal uh, structure. So we still try to engage with our people and find ways to do that. We do a monthly communications meeting where we have a company-wide Zoom and we talk about anything that's going on in the company so that we're trying to be deliberate and communicate in a manner where they still feel like they're part of the whole and they know what's going on and they don't, they don't feel like they're just out there somewhere. Yeah, on the one hand, uh, you know, the Zoom a year, year and a half ago, some people were already using it and, and they were just, let's go. Others of us had to figure it out early on in the in the pandemic. And boy, when you, you were growing up, when I was growing up, that was like the Jetsons show, mm-hmm. right? Um, it was like unheard of to think that we would be just talking to each other through this screen. It, it's 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 pretty darn neat, but it's sure missing that um, that that touch, as you put it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you get into one on one on Zoom, really. Or small groups um, with technology, the sound goes out, people talk over each other. It's really effective in a lot of ways, but the relationship building part is it's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah, that's one of the things we found the most in, uh, difficult is you're not building that same touch and relationship and in those things that you have. And it, and it hurts the workplace and it hurts our ability to execute well mm-hmm. as a team. And uh, we're hoping this is going to be over at some point, and we're going to go yeah. back to where we're going to have more of that cultural environment team aspect mm-hmm. where we can build and we're together to be able to work on that. But uh, this has been a challenging time for us, and everybody's had to adapt. Yeah. Now, I, I mentioned briefly that you're involved with our transportation committee. Um, I heard recently that traffic is back in our region to even worse than it was before the pandemic. Did you already know that? Because you have, you have how many, you have a lot of trucks out on the road. Yeah, we have a lot of trucks. Like today we probably had, uh, uh, I guess it'd be 95, 100 trucks out running. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's one of the challenging things. Traffic is productivity to us. Yeah. And our drivers spending time in traffic is always a challenge in getting around and, and, and also we, we've, uh, we notice that, we understand that, we see the impact it has on our business and the amount of deliveries we can make in a day, and our drivers don't care to be in it. <laughs> yeah, and what a challenge, because you've got, I just, so now as our listeners are processing quarrels, you know, so you've got people out on the road in trucks, you've got customer service folks answering phones, you've got executive folks, you've got to manage all of that as a leader. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> it, it is. But but like I said, it, it's sort of the coaching model yeah. is that, you know, it is the management team helping all those associates mm-hmm. be successful so everybody can play their position. Love it. And uh, 
and do a good job on Mm -hmm. on what they need to do you can't do it all so it's about building a good team yeah and so rather than just um complain about the transportation issues and all you're someone who said i'm going to get involved like with that committee and uh you've come out many times and we've had public uh, meetings about it and helped us advocate on the hill and so forth why is that important to you why why would you do that versus just going ahead and staying there and doing your job right well i think that's the part it's it's about our voice right and Mm -hmm. making sure that we're talking about the issues in our community that's one of the reasons i like being involved with the chamber i think you're doing a good job of being the voice of the business community and the impact that we can have by making sure we're keeping these issues out front in front of the people who are making the decisions Uh, i see the improvements happening you know we see a lot of a dollars being spent on trying to make road improvements and improve the uh, infrastructure out there. So I think we're making a lot of good progress. Yeah, and listening to your your voice as you say that gets me fired up. It's me ready for 2022 because, I mean, it's the last year and a half. It's like you want to take a, a match and just light it on fire and put it behind mm-hmm. us, right? <laughs> it just It's just been um, the strangest period of time, at least in my lifetime. And um, leadership is just defined so uh, differently today because uh, there's just so many different influences with social media and all of that out there. You seem to be consistent, though, with like what what matters to you, who you are, know, understanding self and all of that. Um, what do you think is the most important like qualities for leaders to have? Um, well, I, I think the number one item is integrity. Uh, people have to be able to trust you. Your team needs to trust you. Our associates need to trust you as an organizational leader. The customers need to trust you. Your business partners need to trust you. So it is really an issue of uh, doing business the right way and people understanding you're going to do that and feel like they can trust you and your brand. Yeah, integrity and trust, that's big. That's big. What What do you think is... Um, what do you think is the most difficult part of leading? Um, well, uh, I think the difficult part is how to, um, uh, especially for young people, younger leaders, is um, how to, you know, it's, it's about helping your team be successful and not getting in your own way. Some people get too concerned about their own success mm-hmm. versus uh, helping their team be successful. So, um as I said, you know, as you uh, manage more people, it's about enabling their success because uh, the success of our organization is around that frontline people being successful and doing their day-to-day job. So uh, are we enabling that and providing an environment for them to be successful? And part of that environment is, is the right work environment. Are we, do they feel good about being part of our organization? I, I always get on our managers and talk about that concept of when somebody shows up at our organization in the morning, do they feel good about being part of our group? Um, you know, when they put their hand on the door and they're going to come in, if they if they think about it and say, wow, I, I'm ready to come in and do a good job and I feel good about being part of the Quarles organization. If they don't, let's say they come in and they're going to come in and say, wow, I, I don't like my job, I don't want to be here. 
are they really going to do a good job for us in providing the level of customer service we need to be successful? So it's really important for us as leaders and managers to focus on providing a really good work environment to enable their success. I just love, um, thank you for that. Everything that you're sharing, it's really, you really talk about, a, as you said, a coaching atmosphere and an important thing for people. Sometimes it takes us a while to get there, to know, hey, buddy, it's not all about you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're leading in, you, you, you're here to help others, and together we're better. It's a, it's a whole organization. It's a whole team. So I'm, I'm really impressed with what you, what you describe and how you've been doing it. Is there, do you have a favorite motto or saying you want to share with us specifically? Well, I think I may have mentioned it earlier. You know, I say business is a team sport. Yep. So uh, it's all about how we're enabling people to go out and be able to perform their jobs and do their part to help the team move the ball down the field and be successful. So it, it, like I said, it's the Bill Belichick model of business. Yeah, I really just wanted you to say it again. (laughs) Uh, You know, anybody that's listened more than once probably has figured out that um, I'm a Patriots fan. And um, I love it when Bill Belichick's name is brought up and so forth. So thank you for that, too, even though you're from a different part of the country. So am I. I'm from Virginia and I'm a Patriots fan. I'm pandering to the host. (laughs) Good job. But business is a team sport. I love that. That's a great quote. And I really appreciate it. Um, anything else as we wind down our interview? It goes by pretty fast. Anything else you'd want to share with our listeners? Well, I appreciate you having me here. And uh, and, I, and I do think overall, though, that uh, everybody's journey is sort of unique to them. Yeah. You know, we're products of our experience and everybody's going to go blaze their own trail through. And I wish them the best in uh, finding that path that works for them. Awesome. Well, well, I certainly thank you for the path that you've you've taken and for the imprints that you've left here already and continue to do so in the Fredericksburg region. Thank you for that. And um, we'd like to thank our listeners for spending time with us today. I'm Susan Spears and our guest has been Paul Giambra, the president and CEO of Corals Petroleum. If you haven't already subscribed to the Chambers We Are Business podcast, go ahead and do so. That way you'll know when our new episodes are available. And while you're at it, if you could jump on over and give us a review so other listeners can find us easily, we would be so appreciative. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.